Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup is like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking you can attach that to your your podcast there and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans and uh <clears throat> with spotify for podcasters you can earn money in a variety of ways including ads and podcast subscriptions and best of all it's totally free with no catch and that's uh that that is true um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here, um, but anyways, this is the the podcast I use or the podcast uh host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh they're very good on just letting you do your thing, uh with uh with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify and, and this is uh this is a great way to get started if you if you've ever thought about starting a podcast this is where I would send anybody to go um <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started and yeah if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. Politics, the only source for unfiltered, nonsensical, fakeish news that you never asked for. With your hosts, Matt McKinley and Aaron Ellis. Well, howdy there, Daylight Burners. Happy, uh, I guess, be Wednesday for most of you listening to this. <clears throat> um, anyway, we're going live here on Tuesday night, kind of late. Um, it's summer. My wife is out of school, 
Uh, meaning that uh, she is gung-ho to do shit after I get home from work. And uh, it's not a bad thing by any means, uh, let me tell you. But it also uh, cuts into the old podcast time. So it, anyways, it's uh, it's all well and good in the neighborhood. And um, yeah, uh, Aaron is celebrating his... Uh, however many 10 I think 10 year anniversary today Mm, something something along those lines I can't remember Um, can't remember for sure but anyway it's uh, it is definitely his anniversary today and that is why he's not here unlike most other times when it just um, usually involves some weird sort of gay sex. Um, this time it is heterosexual sex with his wife. And um, yeah, it's a shred that he puts up with, um, you know, constantly. But hey, who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? He's a good friend of mine and, you know, whatever. He's got to do what he's got to do. Anyhow, um, speaking of getting, uh, got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you got to meet with Latin America and who, who do you, you go down there with, but, um, well, the person who is most competent, well-versed on the border and the migration crisis and just Latin America in general, and that would be none other than uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. So, like, we got... The good thing is, you don't have to go to the border this time because uh, this meeting that they're... The meeting of the minds... Um, what do they call it? It's like the... Um, um, It's like the the summit of the Americas or some some shit like that, and um, yeah, it's a, a kind of a shit show. Um, but we're gonna send Kamala over there, and and that's that's good because it's not at the actual border. It's in Los Angeles. <coughs> she knows Los Angeles, and. Um, yeah, so this gives her a reason to to talk about the border, but not actually go to the border. Um, meanwhile, um, the only three presidents or, or leaders of Latin American countries that she has spoken to, being Mexico, Guatemala, and uh, Honduras, uh, those presidents are not. Um, they are not going to. Um attend the summit of the Americas and uh, also mostly out of protest that um, well let's see we'll scroll down here Uh, Harris said she will focus on empowering women who face poverty and violence in their home countries effort is known as in her hands (laughs) that's not not a narcissistic um title at all um in her hands and it aims to connect more women to the banking system help them participate in agriculture and provide them with training in coding and cybersecurity. 
and you lift up the economic status of women, you lift up the economic status of families, of her community, and of our entire hemisphere, Harris said. <laughs> I, I, I added that last part, but I, I'm pretty sure that was probably accurate. Um, her speech followed a roundtable with women leaders, including entrepreneurs from Central America. Uh, this week's summit, which is being hosted by the U.S. for the first time since the inaugural event in 1994, is an opportunity for Harris to connect with leaders from Latin America and the Caribbean as she welcomes them to her home state. With her focus on the region, Harris is following in the footsteps of Biden himself, who worked on migration issues when he served as vice president to President Barack Obama. However, Harris has just has taken just two trips to the region since taking office. In recent days, she and the president have been working on the phones to shore up attendance among leftist leaders who have been critical of the U.S. decision to exclude the authoritarian governments of Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela from the Los Angeles summit. <coughs> so, I kind of, I kind of want to be a fly on the wall during one of these um, particular summits, you know, like, because obviously we're, we're the big dog in the room. Like who, who else is going to challenge us in, in the Americas? So uh, North central and South America. Um, yeah. There, there, there's nobody, nobody else on the, on the big dog list. It's, it's the United States. Um, and then below that it's Canada. And then below that, it'd be probably Brazil and, uh, and then maybe Mexico. Um, anyhow, it's just, it's like, um, it's kind of a weird pecking order, but it's, it's very, very top heavy. And then the top being the United States. <coughs> so they're just like, um, that it's it's just like a dinner party uh and, and they're trying to decide the guest list you're just like ah cuba like really nice place but uh that dude beats the fuck out of his wife so ah, let's leave him off the uh the guest list and then um venezuela ah uh, he's kind of pissed us off here lately he's doing a lot of a lot of communistic type shit and um let's just uh lose that invite too and then uh who who's the other one let's see cuba nicaragua and nicaragua ah that guy's i think he's a he's kind of a fascist uh socialist dictator either way dick left nah, i think he's more of a left-wing dictator but ah i i i get them all confused too but um that guy, yeah, you know he's gonna start some shit. You know he's gonna start some shit. Just, just leave him off. Just, just leave him at home and be like, oh hey, I could have swore we invited you. When he gets all pissed later, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But if he gets there, he's gonna drink a little bit uh, too much mezcal, and he's gonna talk shit to Brazil. Brazil's gonna pop him in the mouth. Then Colombia's gonna get involved and. Oh, we we just got a shit show on our hands, so it's just like leave him off the guest list. All right, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. 
Uh, but in the meanwhile, Mexico and Honduras and uh, and Guatemala are like, hey, we kind of like those guys. And I thought this was a party for all of the Americas. So it sounds like your party fucking sucks. And uh, like, I'm going to send my, my cousins uh, just so you guys don't talk shit about me while I'm not there. So I'm going to send somebody. I think your party sucks, so I'm not going to go. Um, but I will have representation, so don't try and talk shit about me behind my back, motherfuckers. And uh, and then Kamala's just like giggling. I wonder if she pees her pants when when these things happen. Like she she seems like she just kind of clams up, and you know, and the first thing that happens, she does that giggle. She's like, <laughs> and then like from there. She just like uh like reverts back to reciting shit at a first grade level, just like your teacher reads something to you and then and then you recite it back that's kind of how she she performs under pressure so um but it is in l a uh l a there l a um so maybe maybe it'll uh Maybe it'll boost her confidence and she'll, um, yeah, probably not. I, I don't, fuck, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what these, uh, summits, these grand summits, um, you know, like they always try to, to jazz it up as it's this, you know, like the meeting of the minds and, uh, oh, you know, just like, it's diplomacy at its uh, its finest, you know. It's like the height of this diplomacy, you know. They all they all go meet, um, and then they talk and they discuss all the world problems. And they're like, "Hey, we really ought to do something about this." And everybody goes, "Yeah, we should. We should. What are we going to do about it?" I don't know. Something I'm like, "Well, we gotta." Like, hey, man, my my country is going through a famine right now, and I took the private jet to get up here. So, like, we at least got to have some sort of document that says we did something. We all know it, this shit ain't going to happen. But let's, like, put it on in writing so, like, we can show it to our people um, after we step off the private jet. You know, like, we'll have to... We'll have to bring like a coffee uh, barista uh, with us, so like we can get a little espresso as uh, like right before we step down those stairs and, and and talk to people. But like up until that point, like just a s- espresso and a couple rails of coke, and be ready, just all fired up over the over the summit of the Americas and and how much we're gonna kick ass in the future. And um, but. You know, and everything before the the espresso is just booze and and coke and hookers and uh, yeah, all all on taxpayer dime. So I mean, sounds like a good time. I bet a lot of shit's gonna get um get really ironed out right there. Um, and I look forward to it. Like it, it sounds sounds like a fun time. Fun time. Um, if if we're being a hundred percent honest. Um, but Mexico and Honduras and, um, was El Salvador? No, Guatemala. 
they're not going to attend. The presidents aren't anyways. So, yeah. <coughs> they're just like, uh, it's like when the lobbyist, um, when my dad was in, uh, was in the state house of representatives, uh, the, the lobbying rules and regulation and laws were a lot more lax back then. So he used to get, um, tickets to the nuggets or the, the, the Rockies or whoever, whatever Denver sports team it was. <clears throat> and, uh, and my dad's not a sports fan at all, but he'd go every now and then just to watch people cause he's a, he's a big people watcher. And, um, uh, but, but it was just funny how like, you just like throw a little knickknack at them and, uh, and, and, and people would just like, they'd eat all, eat that, uh, eat that shit up. You know, like you get, you get some box seats for, or not box seats, but like club level seats for the Rockies, even though the Rockies fucking suck. Um, and people were like, all right, well, I'll, I'll listen to your proposal and, um, and probably vote your way. Cause, uh, Hey, you know, Rockies, Rockies tickets. Um, yeah, go, I get to go watch the shitty team in really good seats. So, um, yeah. Anyhow, um, I wonder what's going to go on and I, and I wonder like who's going to be the most catty. I, I, I bet you, I bet you Kamala is the one that gets bullied at this deal. Like this, this is like shaping up to be like a Latin American, uh, mean boys, uh, deal because <laughs> let's face it. There's no, there's no women leaders from Latin America. Uh, so Kamala's there and she's not really a leader, but she's, you know, until, until Wednesday. So Wednesday is when Biden's showing up, but up until this point, like she's been the representative from the U S and yeah, it's just like, it's just like mean girls, but it's, it's mean boys. And they're all, all the boys are Latin American, um, dictators for the most part. So that, that's how I, I picture that going. Um, holy shit. Um, 15 minutes to, to get through that one. Cool. Hey, we're on a roll. This is going to be a good episode. Um, this one, this is a, a couple week old article, but, um, relevant, um, because the CDC just recommended, um, use of monkeypox, uh, or masks to, cons- uh, control the spread of monkeypox. Um, and then later retracted it because, um, turns out that it's not really, um, not, not really much of a, a deal at all. Um, but <clears throat> it, in any case, um, this was from May 31st, uh, so just a couple of days ago, so, but it's not not a brand new article, but basically it's from the New York Times and talks about how masks uh masks can work, particularly the N95. Um but mask mandates do not work. Um and then they could they could also go a little bit further and just say um the mask use doesn't help. Um but they don't and um you probably shouldn't either because, you know, um, YouTube doesn't like that stuff. So, uh, or, or, you know, you don't, you don't want to sound like a kook. Um, but anyhow, um, 
they're trying to make this monkey pox a thing. Uh, sounds like it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, we're up to like 300 cases in the U S. Um, as far as I know, no deaths. And, um, yeah, it sounds like a, a big, uh, scare tactic, but Hey, what, what isn't anymore? Um, let's see, what do we got next? Where are we at? Um, Oh yeah, this is a good one. So this is from, uh, the post millennial, and I believe this is from Singapore or um, Thailand or something like that. It doesn't say. I, I, I heard this article somewhere else. But doctor plans to transplant womb into transgender woman to enhance feelings of femininity. A doctor is planning to perform, to perform a womb transplant into a biological male in an attempt to enable that transgender-identified male to carry a child. Uh, the surgeon, Dr. Narenda Kashik of New Delhi, intends to use the donated womb of a woman who is either living or dead. Reported the mirror, Kashik, Kashik operates out of Olmec, which is touted as the premier transgender surgery institute and was certified by the International Board of Medicine and Surgery in Oldsmar, Florida. Um, there, there he is. Look at that guy. Handsome fella. Um, Kashyyyk defended the plan, saying that every transgender woman wants to be female as, uh, as female as possible. And that includes being a mother. The The way towards this is uh, with a uterine transplant, uh, which uh, Kashyyyk described as the same as a kidney or any other transplant. <laughs> okay. Um, restrictions on this kind of med medical experimentation are far more lax in Asian countries than in the West, leading, to, leading many to seek genital reconstruction surgery after... Uh, to appear as the opposite sex in India. Many of uh, Kashyyyk's pa patients are from the UK. On Instagram, he posts testimonials from international patients as well as photos from patients on, in the midst of sur surgical reconstructions. Um, a biological male with a transplanted female womb would not be able to conceive naturally since the male body contains no other elements of female reproductive system including eggs, fallopian tubes, a vaginal canal, a cervix, or ovaries. The only available option would be in vitro fertilization. There have been no successful pregnancies among males in the history of the world, yet this is the future, said Kashyyyk. We cannot predict exactly when this will happen, but it will happen very soon. Um, we have our plans, and we are very optimistic about this, Kashyyyk said. The journal Journal of American Medical uh, of the American Medical Association issued a paper in 2021 showing that a survey of 182 transgender women found that uh, more than 90 percent of the respondents indicated the uterus transplant may improve quality of life in transgender women, alleviate dysphoric symptoms, and enhance feelings of femininity. And. Um, uh, 
This report on the desire and willingness of transgender women to undergo uterus transplant may support the need for further animal and uh, cadaveric model research, which is necessary to assess the feasibility of performing this procedure in transgender women. So, like, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a cadaver lab, but uh, I I made it to state science fair when I was uh, in, in high school. No big deal. Ladies, keep your clothes on. No biggie. <coughs> but I made it to the state science fair somehow. And we got to tour the cadaver lab at CSU. And uh, that's weird as fuck. Like, you just get to just play around with uh, basically human jerky. Uh you just like get to pick up the folds of of muscle and, and skin and just like flop it around and <coughs> it, it's kind of fucking weird. Uh, it's cool, it's weird, but but it is cool. Um, not not for the faint of heart. Um, so like they're they're stepping this up and you're just gonna like make a little incision here on your cadaver and just, I, I'm, I'm picturing like one of those uh, one of those nitrile gloves filled with water and just like here's here's the here's the embryo here we go it's you know we've got undergone the in vitro fertilization and it's we got it we got a viable embryo and we're just gonna slip it under the you know, 12th rib right here and, uh, off we go. And then, you know, like you, you try not to pop the, the glove as you're sliding it, you know, through the flap of this dude. Um, I'm assuming, and I shouldn't assume, you know what they say? Um, assuming isn't the best thing ever. That's what they say. Um, cause you don't know. Just don't know. Sometimes you can you can assume something and, and it could be completely false and you look like an asshole. So that's why they say don't assume. I mean it's it's well taught throughout history. Um yeah, so that's what they say. Assuming's not no no bueno. Um that's what that's what Kamala should say at the summit of the Americas. It's just like ass, uh, assumptions are no bueno. Assumptions are muy mal. And you know what? I think it'll go over real well. Real well. Um, <coughs> anyhow. <coughs> I've got a lot of questions about this whole deal. Because I have uh, been inside of a lot of female creatures. And, um, and by that... Um, I, I, I've uh, had sex with some women. I have witnessed a, uh, well, two human births. I didn't actually look at it. Um, that, that shit creeped me out. Um, so I stared at the wall and held my wife's hand. So, but I, I understand how, how that shit works. I, my daughter, we, we saw the, the heartbeat, um, via a, um, ultrasound machine from designed for cattle like <clears throat> so uh i'm i'm fairly familiar with how 
how the birthing canal and everything, the, the female reproductive system works. And, and in particular, I'm, I'm very intimate with uh, with a cow, um, which, but that that also translates over to to humans pretty well too, because it's all it's all the same equipment. Just you know, it's on a bigger scale when when you're dealing with cattle. But there's a whole thing, um, you know, going through the vagina uh, into the birthing canal. You know, you got the vulva, and you, you got the vaginal cavity, which goes up into the, uh, you know, past the cervix is uh, where you get up into the uterus and, and the womb and everything. And then there's muscles designed to push that that little shit out, <coughs> whether it be a human or a calf. It's all. It's all kind of designed the same way. So, should they implant this embryo underneath uh, somewhere in this this dude um, who's now a woman, um, and they reshaped his his uh, his dick and balls and everything into uh, I, what I would assume I, I haven't I haven't delved too much into the uh, you know the dickoplasties or the vaginoplasties uh, that they they make nowadays, but I'm assuming it's a uh, a fairly um, respectable um, created vagina. <clears throat> but the the rest of that shit, like from from the hips back uh, up into to where they're implanting this uh, embryo, like that that's completely different. And, uh, I know, I know it's a little controversial as, uh, <laughs> as, uh, Norm Macdonald would say, like, I don't want to get too political here. Um, but like, it just, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work the same. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, that'd be interesting to see how that, that goes out. Like how, how do you feed the, the embryo once you implant it into a male? Like where does the, um, um, umbilical cord or like, where does that, it goes from, you know, the umbilical, uh, the navel, uh, of the baby, but where does it connect to, in this dude that is now pregnant. Um, like I, I have no doubt that they could put a baby in, in a man, but could they keep it alive? <coughs> I'm not sure how, um, maybe they've got some real cool, um, medicine. I, like I said, I think this was over in like Singapore or, uh, or Thailand, some, one of those, one of those Asian countries and, uh, weird. Um, Weird, but speaking of gays, um, I'm a big fan of this. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, she she very much in the Trump line of things where she's never not entertaining. Um, Milo Yiannopoulos, far-right provocateur, is a Marjorie Taylor Greene intern. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this guy, but he's a, he's a, a British gay dude. Um like flamboyantly gay. Um, he's also like <clears throat> hardcore conservative, but not like, not like super far right wing conservative. He's more, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't listened to him in a while. 
um, because he got canceled off of everything. Um, But he was more of like, he was like an Ann Coulter type um, conservative. So like real, um, real like right wing moderate more, more than anything. But he, he said some shit that really pissed people off. Um, and, uh, he was hard to attack from the left wing people cause he was such a flamboyant gay dude. And, uh, then it turns out he, uh, I think he advocated for, uh, like the legal age of, uh, consenting sex to be 13. Um, I think he was referring to, to gay men in particular. Um, I don't remember, but either way, ah, kind of weird, real weird. Um, in particular with, uh, some of the shit we got going on now with, uh, like the grooming type stuff. And, um, but now he's a unpaid intern for Marjorie Taylor green, which that's fun. I wonder where that goes. Uh, that, it's bound to be entertaining. Is it going to be good? Will any good come of it? Uh, doubtful. Very doubtful. But it will be entertaining. You know that. Uh, the former Breitbart editor, far-right commentator, and conservative provocateur Milo Yiannopoulos has a new title. Summer intern for Representative Marjorie Trailer Green, Republican from Georgia. Uh, Yiannopoulos announced Monday that he had finally been persuaded out of uh, retirement writing in a telegram post that he was hired for unpaid internship with a, uh, with a friend. He attached a photo, photo of con- congressional intern identification badge on top of a Louis Vuitton bag showing he's an intern in uh, Green's office. Louis Vuitton bag. Basic bitch, also. Um, <laughs> her office did not... I uh, respond to questions about Yiannopoulos' duties for his internship, but in a statement provided to the Washington Post and other publications, Green said, So I have an intern that was raped by a priest uh, as a young teen, uh, was gay, has offended everyone at some point, turned his life back into... turned his life back to Jesus and the church and changed his life. Uh, great story. Statement which was sent after this uh, article first published also suggested that the media... Uh, should interview a colleague of hers and her about her transgender daughter. Uh, Green named uh, the colleague using transphobic language. Um, bum, 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 bum. Uh, Green, an outspoken right wing promoter of conspiracy theories, has in the past praised uh, conversion therapy, a disproved practice that attempts to repress or reverse sexuality of gay and lesbian individuals. Yiannopoulos told the right-wing religious publication uh, LifeSite News last year that he was now ex-gay. Yiannopoulos is opening a clinic in Florida for men plagued by same-sex attraction, according to his Telegram profile. Conversion therapy, which has been shown to cause severe uh, psychological distress in transgender people, uh, was banned in Britain, Yiannopoulos' home country, for gay and lesbian people, but not for transgender people. Uh, Yiannopoulos resigned from his job at the far-right Breitbart News in 2017 after a video surfaced that appeared to show him condoning pedophilia. Uh, he dismissed attraction to minors as uh, young as 13 years old, saying it was not perverted to be sexually attracted to a child as long as they had hit puberty. Um, <coughs> huh. 
Uh, Green has amplified numerous uh, conspiracy theories, including allegations that Democrats are a party of pedophiles. Uh, Yiannopoulos has been spotted with Green and members of her staff in recent months at various events. Uh, um, uh, Anyway, that will that will be fun. Um, I don't know what that what that consists of, but um, for for better or worse, Marjorie Taylor Greene knows how to get attention, and so does Milo Yiannopoulos. And uh, the two of them working together will probably be quite funny, I would imagine. Um, let's see, where are we at now? No, uh, oh, this this was a funny one. So uh, this is not the B dot com. Um, so it's like the counterpart to Bi- Babylon B. I think a lot of the same people work at this site, but these are all actual real news stories instead of satire. Um, but with all, also funny headlines. So Babylon BCEO uh, Seth Dillon offers a Washington Post journalist fast cash to repost the sexist tweet that got him suspended from his job. I actually uh, retweeted this uh, same same tweet that he did. And uh, funny, funny, funny. Washington Post reporter David Weigel was put on unpaid leave this week after he retweeted a joke about women being bipolar. And boy, oh boy, did those ladies prove him wrong. Um, so the original tweet said, um, uh, we'll, we'll see if we can find the original article, but uh, this is Cam Harless guy, but he said, all women are bi. Uh, it's just something like it's tricky deciding whether it's polar or sexual. Um, and it's a solid joke. I just, you know, just a solid joke, I thought. Um, Washington Post writers are flinging poo at each other after the paper suspended a writer for retweeting a joke. Um, so every girl is bi. You just have to figure out if it's polar or sexual. And um, it was retweeted by Felicia. Uh, so, no, it was retweeted by this David Weigel fella. Weigel, Weigel. Um, and then one of his co-workers, who he's had, uh, he's shared credit on a story with before that somebody posted, uh, like a, an old article that he, him, and, him and this lady both had a byline. They shared it. Uh, but Felicia Sanmez, fantastic work at the news outlets where outlets, uh, at, at a news outlet where retweets like this are allowed. Allowed. Like, People are just allowed to say stuff, you know, without, without being, you know, canceled and shit. Like, they can just say stuff. Unbelievable. Uh, so anyway, this Cam Harless guy tweets it out. Every girl is bi. You just have to figure out if it's polar or sexual. Funny tweet. Uh, like solid work. Uh, good work, Cam Harless. And this other guy retweets it because he finds it's funny. And then his uh, bitchy co-worker was like, 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh fuck that bitch. God damn it. I hate people like that. Um that's where we are today. Uh like, Twitter is still doing Twitter shit, so that's fun. Um what's also fun is this next story. Uh the FBI seizes a retired general's data related to uh, Qatar lobbying or Qatar, Qatar. Um, but one of our generals, um, the FBI has seized the electronic data of retired four-star general who's uh, who authorities say made false statements and withheld incriminating documents about his role in a, a legal foreign uh, lobbying campaign on behalf of the wealthy, wealthy Persian Gulf nation of Qatar. Uh, new federal court filings obtained Tuesday outlined a potential criminal case against former Marine General John R. Allen, who led U.S. and NATO forces in Afghanistan before being tapped in 2017 to lead uh, the influential Brookings Institution uh, think tank. Um, so that that's neat. Pretty cool. Uh, four star general. So kind of a big deal. Like kind of, kind of a long ways up, uh, up in that deal, uh, being paid off and lobbying for a foreign country. <coughs> if I remember right, that was something that was, uh, talked about with, with Trump. Um, hmm, hmm, I, I'm pretty sure that was a bad thing when Trump did it. If I, if I remember right. I remember right. Um, anyhow, cool, cool story. Cool story there. Uh, next up, uh, Janet Yellen says inflation to stay high and Biden to likely to up forecast. I don't know what that means. Um, but anyway, she, she was finally forced to admit the other day that, um, transitory was a bad choice of words. To describe inf- inflation, weird, weird. Um, U.S. Treasury uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen told senators on Tuesday that she expected she expected inflation to remain high, and the Biden administration would likely increase the 4.7 inflation forecast for this year in its budget proposal. During a Senate Finance Committee hearing, Yellen said that the United States was dealing with an unacceptable uh, with unacceptable levels of inflation, but that she hoped price hikes would soon begin to subside. U.S. Consumer Price Index inflation has been tracking above 8% in recent months, the highest readings in over 40 years and well above President Joe Biden's administration forecast for, the, for its uh, fiscal 2023 budget. Uh, Yellen repeatedly rejected... Re- Republican assertions that inflation was being fueled by Biden's $1.9 trillion American rescue plan, uh, COVID spending legislation last year. We're seeing high inflation in almost all of the developed countries around the world. They have very different uh, fiscal policies. So Yellen said, so it can't be the case that the bulk of the inflation that we're experiencing reflects the impact of the ARP. Of course it can't because if it did, that means you wouldn't be doing your job very well and that your your plan is having negative consequences. So that can't be the case. 
Uh, Biden administration is still pushing for a scaled back version of the stall climate and social spending agenda, which would offer tax credits. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Yellen repeated her, her views that inflation was being fueled by high energy and food prices caused by Russia's war in Ukraine. The Putin price hike. Yeah. The shift to goods purchases during the pandemic and by new COVID-19 variants. Always out to get you. Uh, and persistent supply chain disruptions. Yellen has come under fire from Republicans after acknowledging she was wrong last year in forecasting that inflation would become trans or that would that inflation would be transitory and quickly subside. She will face more tough questions on the issue in a House Ways and Means Committee hearing on Wednesday. Uh so means it's just gonna be bad for a little while. Little while longer, and um, just just hold on. All right, uh, there's a couple other stories I thought about, but um, what was this one? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, this is a cool one. Um, if if you didn't need, well, or if you did need another um indication that um. We're living in a simulation or, or, or just the upside down world in general. Um, here is a story from uh, Buffalo, New York. Pro-abortion terrorists firebomb Buffalo Pro-Life Pregnancy Center. Uh, pro-abortion terrorists firebomb, firebombed a pro-life Christian pregnancy center in Buffalo, New York on Tuesday, inflicting significant damage on the building and vandalizing the remains with their organization's name. <clears throat> Pro-abortion group Jane's Revenge, uh, which has developed a reputation for resorting to violence, uh, claimed responsibility for the attack, which left glass shattered and much of the interior of, comp- of the Compass Care office burned and destroyed, CBN News reported. Uh, the arsonist left graffiti on the wall that read Jane was here the organization has committed multiple such incidents in the last few months including one in which it firebombed the headquarters of uh, Wisconsin Family Action uh, pro-life group in Madison Wisconsin last month there the terrorists left the message if abortions aren't safe then you aren't either Ironically, New York's governor not only ignored the violence, but instead earmarked earmarked $35 million in taxpayer funds to increase security at abortion clinics, Compass Care said in a statement. Adding insult to injury, the New York legislature passed a bill investigating pro-life pregnancy centers precisely because they do not perform abortions. Jane's Revenge also admitted that through red paint on the front door of a crisis pregnancy center in Washington, D.C. last week, Spray painting, Jane says, revenge on the side of the building. <clears throat> so, uh, back in my day, because uh, I'm one of those weird in-between Generation X and Millennial type people, so I can say that now. I'm getting old, and I can say, back in my day, it was the pro-life people that bombed uh, abortion clinics. To, to kill the abortion doctors, which are the true evil ones in, if you, you know, you're into that deal. And, uh, 
And now, if if you bombed their clinic, then they couldn't perform any more abortions, and and more babies would be saved that way. And now, like this, that's just kind of fucked up. Like, there's a lady in there that just like, oh, I thought about getting an abortion, but I realized I couldn't go through. And they're like, hey, don't worry about it. We got you here. Here, uh, go to this place, and we'll. We'll, we'll get the whatever the care is. I don't know if it's top notch or not. I, I really don't don't know. Don't care. But either way, they're they're uh, trying to provide that for for ladies, I guess. Well, I wonder if they're going to have uh, a place for men coming up. Um, I wonder. As soon as they figure out how to feed that fetus. Uh, without like carrying around uh, an IV bag or something. I don't know. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I respect the hustle. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, like there, there, this is a, a clinic for pregnant women and then you blow it up. And so now like they have to go somewhere else or do they do, now do they have to get an abortion? And like, that's the, the grand scheme of all of it. I wonder. I I wonder. I'm not sure about all that. Um but like I said, it was um back in my day that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Um oh this is a fun one. This is a fun one. Um it's one that's been uh been known for years uh if you if you're from montana know somebody from montana or um know of somebody who knows somebody from montana um you can relate to this but it's finally making headline news yellowstone boom pits lifetime montana residents against wealthy newcomers um Yellowstone has become one of the hottest shows uh streaming filmed on location in the west much of it in Montana the script uh scripted drama tells the story of a modern day ranch owner John Dudden played by Kevin Costner and his fe- and his family dynasty Good show highly recommend no it doesn't protect real la- ranch life but still a good show the storyline is deliciously captivating with backstabbing and family intrigue, high-stakes power plays, and dramatic plot twists. But the cinematography is a major element of the appeal. Sweeping vistas, snow-capped mountains, and uh, charming small towns are captured throughout the episodes. Still, ask native Montanans what they think of the show, though, and you'll likely be met with grimaces and criticism. Ginger Rice, um... Sounds like a dish at the Chinese restaurant. But anyway, Ginger Rice, a lifelong resident of the state, said she initially vowed not to watch the series after seeing just one episode. It's unreal, she said. It doesn't portray Bozeman or Montana life as far as I'm concerned. Yet Rice, who admits the show eventually sucked her in, also recognizes the show makes her home state alluring to viewers. Uh, Do you see what our state looks like? The mountains and the prairies? Who can't love this? Um... Protection itself has a significant economic impact on the state, according to a study by the University of Montana. 
when season four was shot on location last year, the, the production spent $72 million in the state, with businesses in the state getting another $85 million economic boost. The study was funded in part by Paramount, which owns the show. So those numbers are going to be inflated as fuck. Um, but, hey, at least they they said it was funded by Paramount. So you know what you're getting in. Uh, you know what you're in for there. The study did not quantify the impact of uh, all the free advertising Mona, uh, Montana gets from Yellowstone, but it's clear the fictional John Dutton and his fictional sprawling ranch have given city slickers an idea of what it would be like to become a real-life baron of the Wild West. We've had an influx of all sorts of wealthy inf- individuals looking for ranches. Robert Keith, founding member, founder of boutique investment firm uh, Beartooth Group, told CNBC, they're looking to own really amazing large properties. The as the demand for land and homes has soared, prices have followed suit. And um yeah, that's um Montana has kind of become the poster boy of that uh, uh lately just with um with the success of Yellowstone, but it's been happening around uh the western United States for the past well, decade two decades, century. Um, I mean, you can go back to Teddy Roosevelt buying up big ranches in the West. And uh, <clears throat> so it's nothing new. It just happens to be new to Montana at the, at the moment. And uh, it'll be, it'll be somewhere else. And uh, the bad thing is, is they, they move in, they change all the shit and then they like move away because it's too, too rough to live there. And, uh, but yet they've made all the changes that make, make it hard for people that have lived there for, for generations to keep on going. And, uh, but it doesn't affect them because they go back to Hollywood or wherever. Um, anyhow, but that's, um, that's been a thing since, uh, Yellowstone shot its first episode up there. And, uh, well, it's, it's finally getting, uh, major media attention so that's something i don't know what it'll do maybe drive more people there but who knows but um i'll end it on this uh on this story here but this is from uh the the eu and it's from france24.com horse meat traffickers go on trial in marseille in new industry scandal uh, mostly shunned by consumers in the United States and Britain, horse meat, typically cheaper than beef, has long been a part of culinary habits across European countries, including France. But its production and distrib- uh, distribution are strictly regis- uh, regulated. The case coming to trial in the southern port city of Marseille, Marseille, um, is the biggest horse meat scandal since 2013 when millions of ready meals were withdrawn from stores across Europe after they were found to contain horse meat instead of only beef as indicated on the label. Standing trial are French, Belgian, and Dutch nationals charged with violating EU sanitary rules governing the horse meat trade and with forging official documents between 2010 and 2015. They are also accused of duping owners of aging horses into believing that their beloved animals would live out their days on the countryside when in reality they were taken straight to the slaughterhouse. 
<laughs> the specific charges in the trial, which is set to last for three weeks, are fraud, conspiracy to commit fraud, and misleading consumers and endangering their health. The members of the group, included lice, which included licensed horse, horse meat traders and veterinary surgeons, are believed to have violated a number of EU rules about the import of horses, including by forging certificates of origin. Main suspect is Belgian uh, Jean-Marc Decker, who prosecutors say supplied the network with horses whose meat was unfit for consumption. In addition to the accused individuals, mostly in their 50s and 60s, a horse meat wholesale company based in southern France is also on the dock for distributing the meat, falsely claiming that it was French. Uh, the company, according to prosecutors, was indifferent to the health imperatives uh, governing the sector. Former horse owner Aline Udin, due to testify Wednesday, told AFP she handed her horse over to one of the defendants in 2013 in exchange for the promise of a happy retirement for the animal. Two weeks later, she found out the horse had been slaughtered and its meat sold. <laughs> <laughs> they tricked donors, they tricked consumers, they tricked everybody, she said. Uh, plaintiffs also include France's Veterinary Association, the Cattle and Meat Packing Association, ANVBV, and uh, a less municipality. Um, man, it's going to be like a reverse prohibition. Like, we're, we're just going to, we should just start bootlegging uh shitter horses over to france um you know like they they've got this uh this big food crisis looming in europe with uh with the russia ukraine shit just going on and on and we're getting into like when people are about ready to to harvest wheat and uh ukraine being a huge wheat producing country and <laughs> they're at fucking war with Russia holding about 20% of, uh, of their country at the moment. So like, that's going to be a big deal and they're going to need something. Um, I don't know if we can make any more wheat here, uh, pretty drowthy, but we got a shitload of wild horses. So let's round them up, send them on the slide. Like we can, we can go back to privateers and, uh, and rum runners and shit. But it'll be be shitter runners, you know, to be uh, stang runners, um, whatever cool name you guys want to call it. But like, let's let's ship them mustangs over to Belgium and France and the Netherlands, and uh, it's gonna clear up our range. It's gonna solve a a little problem for a little while, and we can make some good money. You know, when when they start clamping down on shit in the EU. Um, Hell, let the CIA run that operation, because then, like, if we get caught, uh, it's a plausible deniability and all that shit. Whatever, you know, like that. That's like, why don't we? Why don't we do it for for some good for once? Like, we can get rid of the Mustang population, the like the overpopulation of of these uh, these grazing permits. We can get rid of that. And also, at the same time, benefit those weird fucking frogs over in Europe. Okay? It's a win, 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 win. All the way down the road. Like, we get to keep that, like, rebel spirit of America alive uh, by reverse rum running into Europe. 
but with livestock, uh, but like livestock that nobody really wants, you know, everybody says they want a Mustang until they have a Mustang. And then they're like, Oh, uh, these kind of fucking suck. Um, so let's get rid of them. Let the French eat them in their, in their hungry man dinners. It'll be fine. It will be fine. When you're running out of food, nobody's going to care what's in their hungry man. They're just happy to have a hungry man. All right. Horse meat product of the USA, but we can't stamp it legally. But you know, you fucking know it came from us. And on that note, y'all have a wonderful week. Uh, once again, I have to remind you, if you were in the Garden City, Kansas area on uh, June 17th, going to be uh, not this Friday, but next um, we'll be at the Hidden Trail Brewery there in Garden City. Uh, be myself, Chauncey Wessner, and Eric Shields uh, doing a little uh, do live bull session comedy show. It's going to be fun. Uh, I think you guys will like it. So show up, have a few beers with us, and, uh, and share a few laughs. And uh, we'll uh, be looking forward to enjoying some commentary from the audience as well. So, anyways. Um, We'll uh, be back uh, Thursday for the bull session. And uh, y'all take care and move your ass. We're burning daylight. Good guys and bad guys. Cowboys and Indians.